anytime you're building a business, it takes time and energy and it inevitably is going to take money at some point. And there are too many women that are going in for a loan or a line of credit or some kind of business financing that are being turned down for a whole multitude of reasons. But really, and this is a lot of what my TED Talk was about, is it's because we're big enough to be self-sustaining, mm-hmm. but we're not really big enough to get the attention or interest of banks because the amount, size of loan that we need is so much smaller than what they want to bother dealing with. So there's not really enough profit in them. There's more hassle for them to do the underwriting of the loan. They don't necessarily see the value that we're bringing because we're small potatoes in terms of the business world, but we're kind of big potatoes in that we're making enough that we can be paying ourselves. We don't really have room for outside investors in many of our companies. You know, we, we can't bring in venture capitalists or angel investors because we can't share a portion of the profits because there's not enough. But that doesn't mean that it's not a viable and important business. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths, so sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. Hello, my lovelies. I am really looking forward to this juicy conversation I'm about to have with our next guest because her and I have become newly acquainted, but in such a short time, she has given me so much invaluable insights into my own business. She is such an amazing coach. And let me tell you, good coaches recognize good coaches. And that's exactly who you were about to meet. So I want to welcome Sheila Cummings, who is the founder and CEO of The Road to Seven, which is a coaching, training, and financing company that guides women entrepreneurs in building a profitable and fulfilling business. Driven by an unwavering belief in the power of women entrepreneurs and their impact on both society and the economy, The Road provides the tools, the support, and the community needed to achieve our wildest dreams. For the past decade, Sheila Cummings has helped women entrepreneurs transform from struggling solopreneurs to thriving CEOs. They learn to shift into empowered action. And guys, you know, I'm all about the action while removing the barriers to their success. The Road to Seven works tirelessly to rewrite the rules when it comes to capital access for this resilient and highly dedicated group of entrepreneurs. Sheila likes to say, we must stop asking why women are not good investments and start asking how we can better invest in women. Welcome, Sheila, to the Juicy CEO stage. Well, thank you for sharing the stage with me. Okay, first, we have to start here. Speaking of stages... You just got off a very, what I consider anyway, a very important one because you just did your first TED Talk. Oh my gosh. Okay. You have to share with our listeners about this experience because I got a chance to read your post that you did on social media right after. And like my heart was just like, oh my God, I feel all the feels. 
So please tell us a little bit about how that was for you. Yeah, great question. Yeah, you are catching me still sort of in the post-TED hangover, if you will. <laughs> I don't know any other word to say it. You know, I had eight week, eight months to to prepare and get mm. in the zone. And that's a long time to have something taking up mental load. Mm. And, you know, I think through that eight months, it gets built up into this massive thing that really between you and me is a 12-minute talk. Mm. There were so many highs. The fact that I did it, I'm crazy shy. And yet speaking is something where I always push myself. You know, I'm a, I'm a born teacher. I was a classroom teacher for 15 years before I went out on my own. And I love sharing information. This was a different kind of talk. So I left comfort behind, you know, 12 months ago when I had applied. And I think it's really important to know I got turned down by well over 20 different TED stages before I landed this particular one. You know, so I sort of thought, oh, my God, like they actually saw me. They heard me. You know, they want me. And that on its own had a whole bunch of emotions come with it. On this stage, I can actually honestly tell you, I have no idea if it was a good talk or not. You know, we're, we're Did you have like an out of body experience. Yeah. I have no recollection of those 12 months, except I knew I, that there was a couple of things that had thrown me off. We had a handheld mic. I practiced as if I wasn't holding one. There's just, you know, that the heat from the lights is something you forget. You know, you like you're see, hearing your, your voice resonating through the room. It has been, you know, over two and a half years since I've done a live talk. So there were so many factors that I'd forgotten about. I found that I never really found my flow because as someone who speaks off the cuff all the time, I normally go in with four or five main points that I want to talk about. And then it all just comes flooding out. And I just sort of surrender to the moment and whatever comes out is what comes out. And this was a scripted 12 minute tight talk, which was less about information sharing and teaching and more about story and mm. about impact. And if I missed a piece of it, the rest of it wouldn't make sense. And so I really felt confined to keeping to the script and making sure that I said everything, which meant I wasn't in my natural zone of speaking. During the some of the other talks, there was people, there was such a wide breadth of topics. You know, there was a guy talking about time travel, somebody talking about, you know, business ESR, another person talking about their transition, you know, mm. from being a female to a male. So the audience itself wasn't my natural entrepreneurial audience. And not being able to build that rapport quickly, having all these factors that were holding me back, I actually don't know if it was a good talk or not. I got great feedback after, but you know, everybody always says, Oh, that was a great talk. <laughs> so have you heard know. it? Have you no. gone back? Oh, you no. haven't even had a chance to like watch it. Well, I have no way of watching. Oh, it. it's not Oh, right. So it's recorded, but the raw footage is with the video company right now. What they do is they're going to go through and edit it. There was a three camera shoot happening. They're going to have to remove the sound of the photographer clicking, which also was a distraction. Like it was just all these oh, little things. God. So yeah, I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's any good. And you know, it felt really vulnerable because I knew that within my audience, I was one of the first to do this. So mm. I went first. And I know that there's a lot of women in my community who would like to also do it. And I feel like it's such a 
privileged position because now I can, I can help and I can share and I can share my experience and help them create their experience. So that I felt like there was a lot of eyes on what I was doing. And, you know, coming back to my point before of I'm really shy, you know, visibility is something that I struggle with. I'm very happy just toiling away behind my computer and getting up and out behind it sometimes takes a lot for me. So it felt really vulnerable. And, you know, they talk about the Ted, they being the eternal they, you know, the, the Ted hangover is something that does come after having this massive buildup, you know, going through this out body experience in this very somewhat unnatural state and way of speaking, it it, it builds something up. And when it's done, you're kind of like, oh, wait a minute, what was that? What just Mm -hmm. happened? You know, and and I think Brene Brown has talked about her vulnerability hangover that came Mm. from it. And it's very, that's all sort of ingrained in it. So I, I was just so tickled and honored to do it. I was so proud of myself for making it happen. I have a very, very strong message about women and the need to be better funding and giving more women access to capital so that they can grow their business because women have a massive impact with the companies that they run. And I'm so, I feel so privileged to have been able to share that message. And it's such a springboard for the work that we're doing at the road to seven, whether it's a great video or not, I have no idea, but maybe that's not what it was about. Hmm. I would, that's, that is so interesting because I don't get to talk to many people about the journey to go and do something like that, but it's so there's just so many parallels when I think of what you just did in this eight month build up to building to doing anything that takes that that type of time. Sure. Right. Like that preparation. And then after you do it, then what? And I, I think it resonates with me right now just because I'm in this like building of a retreat. Right. I was like, just going to say it's, it's not that unlike your it's, retreat. It's, I feel very all these similar fl- feelings now because we've been in this game since November of 2021. We're in 2022, six months from the big day. And you don't realize when you go, when you venture into something that's going to have that type of long term commitment, how much of your life is going to be consumed by it, how much of your yes. brain space, how much of your body, your energy, your emotions, you won't, you don't even know it until you're in it and then you're in it. And I'm, I'm so interested to see where I am six months from now. Yeah. Or that I should even say the seventh month after it's, after we've got to the other side of it. Well, I think the important thing for you to be remembering and for when people are building these big milestones within our companies is the beauty of what you're building is you're building it to your genius. You know, to be able to spend three days with women, guiding them through their branding process, that's your genius. That's where you shine. You know, I had a 12-minute scripted opportunity to share a very tight message. It's not my normal habitat. That's not where I play. I need 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Mm. You know, I want to talk long. I want to go deep. I want to, you know, get to know the audience. I want to work with them. It's so, so I'm hearing you on the same comparisons, but I think you're, you have the advantage of creating this retreat where you get maximum impact because that's how you're building Mm. it. So that you shine and there will be the hangover afterwards. A hundred percent. You see how what I was talking about, guys, she just the coach, the coach. And I know you say that you need 45 minutes to go deep to be in like your comfort zone of genius. But having interacted with you in different settings now, like, you know, you came to our, our Mo Business meetup. Oh, you God, I love like, that. I had so feed- much fun. Oh my gosh. We had so much fun, but we like the women who gave me feedback after, you know, 
speaking to them even after they had interacted with you so briefly, they were like, wow, Sheila has such great insights and can see my business and where I could go so clearly. And I'm talking about you hearing them speak for a few minutes and you giving them feedback in a few minutes. So I know you think that you need all that time, but from an observer, you, I, and this is why I think why I have so much respect for what you do and how you think. I feel like your your brain puts the puzzle pieces together faster than you give yourself credit. Thank you. You know, I don't talk a lot and I do a lot of thinking and I spend a lot of time in my head. But when I talk, mm. it's usually because I have something to say. Mm. But listening to the women around that table, Monique, every single one of them, I was in such a, again, a privileged place because I got to hear their story without any of their story or emotions mm. or experience detached. And, you know, that happens with my clients too. I'm sitting on the outside. I'm just listening to facts. And once you remove all the emotion and you remove all the story and all the meaning that we're giving to things that are happening, you can just see it for what it is, is a bunch of building blocks that literally just need to fit together to make this puzzle in order to get that outcome. And, you know, that's, being able to talk to women and being able to hear the visions that they have. And it's always a matter of just plotting out the critical path to get to that vision, which is literally a series of small actions. And I call them power moves. Power move Mm. is an action that you can do every single day, one small action that's going to get you closer to your goal. And when you take the time and can see all those little pieces that have to put together, then it's a very clear path. And that is literally Mm. the way my brain works. I my I I think about the world and see the world through that if this then that scenario. Well, if this happens, then that happens. If this happens, then that happens. And we need that to happen in order to make this happen. Hmm. But I can do that because I don't have any of the garbage attached. And that's why everyone needs a coach because we because you're the and my outside. coach does it for me right right and my coach yeah. exactly same thing same thing. So I'm so curious then because I see this brilliant strategic mind well, that you, you have. have <laughs> <laughs> but no, in in, seri- in all seriousness, I'm so curious then, how did you make this, I'm going to say jump, but maybe it wasn't from being a teacher to focusing on women entrepreneurs building yeah. their road to seven? Yeah, great question. I'd been trying to get out of teaching for a couple of years, but I didn't know what else I could do. It's all I had ever done. And, you know, I I had taken a mat leave after my first kiddo the day I went back to work, I realized I was pregnant with my second. It's uh, not that we weren't not planning, but we were not not planning. But anyway, I know what caused it, but it was a little <laughs> bit of a surprise anyway. Listen, my brothers, my brothers are 11 months apart. So like, yeah, I totally yeah, get it. Yeah, it was a surprise. Mine are 18 months apart. And, you know, at the time I was teaching at a girls school down in Toronto. And I, I remember standing in front of the group of just most unbelievable young women you've ever seen. And, and they are the ones that are coming up behind us. And our our future is in good hands. Let me put it that mm, way. I love and hearing that. I remember standing in front of these girls and thinking, you know, it doesn't matter how much better I get at teaching. You know, I'd already gone back and done a master's in curriculum teaching and learning to try and, you know, be able to put a different spin on it. It didn't matter how much better I got. I didn't know if I'd be able to put my kid in that seat should she have been a girl? And it turns out she was. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of things that came up. And I just made the decision that day that I wanted to explore other things that I could do. And what better time than when I was on mat leave? In Canada, we are very lucky in that Mm -hmm. we have a year-long mat leave. And my school topped up 
So I got a full pay for the year so I could be home with my two little guys, 18 Mm. months and under. And I took that year and started experimenting and trying all new different things. And I had a parenting blog. I was one of the original grandmas that was online when Facebook came to be. Like, I remember, you know, Facebook's being launched and you got to connect your Facebook with your Twitter and your blog. And that's going to, you know, get you found. And like, I, like I was part of the beginning, but you know, I never, I made money through it, but I never loved it. And I never excelled at it. At the same time, you know, we had a babysitter who would come at around 3.34. And by that time, after having two kids, you know, 18 months and under, I was like, get my elbows out, get me out of this place. And I would leave and go and tutor for a couple hours. And, you know, again, it was it was money. I had money coming in, but I didn't love it. And what happened is a friend of ours runs a corporate training company and he knew I was on that leave and he needed someone to build some courses for him. And because my background's in curriculum development and teaching and how mm. people learn, CTL is what it's called in the master's world, I could go and read and consume all this information. I could then turn it into a course build the facilitator notes. And then what I ended up doing is taking that knowledge and applying it to the various endeavors that I had that were making money. And I ended up facilitating for him. And there was such a disconnect between the audience. You know, I remember being four months postpartum, standing up in front of 200 sales guys from FedEx. And I got raving reviews for the for the teaching, for the presentation, the workshop. You know, he got 10 out of 10, which was great. But I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt like a fish out of water. I didn't enjoy it. And you know, you know that feeling when you've just played in your zone of genius and your adrenaline's pumping and you're like, yeah, I want to do more of that. Mm-hmm. I had the exact opposite. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, something's out of alignment here. But what was happening is I was having kind of a lot of success with my tutoring company and, you know, the parenting blog was starting to get legs. And through those connections, I ended up emceeing a, a women's entrepreneurial event. I didn't even know there was such a thing, but there was 250 women in this room. And I, I did a little segment in between each of the speakers to tie, to tie it together. So I was teaching and I was sharing some ideas and, you know, pulling, pulling from what the speaker had said and, you know, sort of jamming it so that it would introduce to the next one. And I just, I was home. Mm. I could just feel it. And within, you know, the first 20 minutes of being up on that stage, there was just such a connection to these women. At that time, I was pregnant again with my third. And, you know, they got me. I got them. We could have a good laugh at my cankles because my ankles were so huge by that point. You know, the <laughs> fact that to the by choir. the end of the day, I was busting out of my dress, you know, like we just couldn't <laughs> laugh because we got each other. And at the end of that day, someone came up to me and said, Sheila, I'd really like to hire you. And I was like, oh, that's terrific. Do you want me to come and do some business training? She's like, no, I want you to coach me to increase my sales. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, whoa. Yeah, I've never done that, but let's try it. And so mm-hmm. we had no money exchanged and we tried it and she had great results. And that literally is how it all started. Oh. And so I started taking my knowledge and using it as teaching. You know, everything that we do at the road begins with education. The more knowledgeable we are, the more powerful decisions we can make. And so we start with knowledge and then inevitably you get to a point on your journey that you can't get past if you don't do the inner work. And so Mm -hmm. I found I could get my women to a certain level, but then they drop off. And so 
I've had to experience coaching myself to understand what that breakthrough felt like and looked like. And so that's when I then started getting certified. So I have a couple coaching certifications and, you know, combine that with the curriculum. That's literally how the road to seven has built to where it is today. And then the financing piece is our new vertical that's coming in is the final piece of the puzzle. Anytime you're building a business, it takes time and energy and it inevitably is going to take money at some point. And there are too many women that are going in for a loan or a line of credit or some kind of business financing that are being turned down for a whole multitude of reasons. But really, and this is a lot of what my TED talk was about, is it's because we're big enough to be self-sustaining, mm-hmm. but we're not really big enough to get the attention or interest of banks because the amount size of loan that we need is so much smaller than what they want to bother dealing with. So there's not really enough profit in them. There's more hassle for them to do the underwriting of the loan. They don't necessarily see the value that we're bringing because we're small potatoes in terms of the business world, but we're kind of big potatoes in that we're making enough that we can be paying ourselves. Mm. And we don't really have room for outside investors in many of our companies. You know, we, we can't bring in venture capitalists or angel investors because we can't share a portion of the profits because there's not enough. It's just not a scalable business, but that doesn't mean that it's not a viable and important business. And so during COVID, I'd had a couple instances where I'd been turned down for funding. So I got myself in a heck of a pickle in that I did a huge part of financing my company on one of my credit cards. And I could keep up with the payments, but what I couldn't do is pay enough so that I could bring the balance down. And then ended up snowballing into a big mess. And, you know, I put myself in incredible debt trying to get this company off the ground. Whereas if the the bank had just sort of seen the viability of my business and had believed in me as the business owner and had done their due diligence. And, you know, one of the things I'm really trying to do is rewrite the unconscious bias that's in the loan application and approval process. You know, we need to feminize this. We need to be seeing women and understanding them and and understanding how we can invest in them. So, you know, having that experience plus in covid seeing over 90% of the women that I work with fall through the cracks of the government funding. They were making too much for one of the fundings, but not enough for the other. Mm. And so they ended up getting nothing. And boy, did we fight. Oh my gosh, the number of calls that I led where we just, you know, I just helped them hunker down, find the fight, find the spirit, find the resourcefulness to drive the grid in order to make this work and you know, those companies that were meant to still be alive are still alive today, but not because of the financial support from anyone else, because of the grit of the women running it. And that's the motivator behind the micro lending that we're building. Hello, my lovelies. I hope you're listening closely because I'm about to come through with the juiciest of announcements. I don't know about you, but I am so sick and tired of Zoom learning and virtual connections. That is why I am so excited to bring you this November from the 10th to the 13th. We are taking 25 badass women in business to Miami for the very first Momentum Personal Branding and Business Retreat. Yes, you heard me right. We headed to Miami. First, let's get this straight. This is not a rah-rah retreat or a conference. Momentum is a personal brand building experience. A three and a half day hands-on training where I've partnered with some of the top experts in marketing, social media, PR, intellectual property, and branding. And over our weekend together, 
We'll show you how to position yourself as a captivating industry leader who gets those premium paying clients and aligned speaking opportunities without a huge following or hiring an expensive PRT. Basically, we're about to bust your personal brand into the next stratosphere. Plus, you're going to enjoy a luxe venue with Miami vibes. Yes, baby, we gonna be right by the beach. A decadent swag bag filled with pampering and business goodies. And find that business bestie or that squad you've been craving. All the while, you'll be getting feedback from experts who have built a seven-figure brand because they are willing to pull back the curtain on what it took to get there. My favorite part? I'm creating the juiciest personal brand playbook for you to build your next steps on the spot. So when you leave, you are ready to implement with strategy, confidence, and ease. So if you've been waiting for a sign that it's time to level up your presence and unleash your industry expertise, it's time to build those connections with women who are building an epic legacy. This is that invitation you have been waiting for. So don't sleep on this because there are limited spots available. It is my mission to create a curated experience for every single person who gets in that room. So when the spots be gone, they be gone. But if you know you want to be there, I want you to go and visit bit.ly forward slash momentum retreat. Tickets are closing July 29th. And if you want to know if it's for you, if you have questions, do not hesitate. Click that link in the show notes and book a call with me. I'm speaking to every single one of you who I know this was meant for. There's no way I'm going to put you in that room if you are not in a position to go and execute on all the juice we'd be delivering. So if you know this is for you or you have questions, just go to bit.ly forward slash momentum retreat. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so you've answered a lot of the questions I had around like the financial piece of what you guys are building next. And I don't know how much of it you can share because you're share all of it. Well, I'm, I'm so I'm curious, like what, what stage is it at now for, cause I know a lot of women's ears are probably listening and perked up and they're like, yes, this is exactly where I was at. I know a few people already who we've had this conversation and they're like, okay, so. You know, Sheila sounds like she's one of those people who are trying to make, you know, lending possible for someone like me in my business. How do I get started? How, where, what do I do? Is there an application? What's the next thing? Who qualifies? Yeah. To answer the first question of where are we in the process? I'm in the middle of doing my first raise. What that means is I'm looking for the first five foundings, founders circle is what I'm calling them. The first, mm-hmm. so that I have pool of capital that I can use to offset the legal fees because that is the biggest investment that's needed in order to make this work. And then we can take that pooled capital and start putting it in the hands of people who need it. The second part of your question is where we can we apply? You know, part of the application process is there's this there's the number side of it for sure. You know, it's a very standard application. You know, we do the credit rating. We look at your business financials. We do our due diligence on your company as a whole, but we also do diligence on you as the person. And mm. that's the piece that's missing. And when you're looking for 
you know, the credit viability of someone, you're looking at their vision. Where are they going to be investing? You know, do they have a proven track record of paying off their bills? Do they have massive debts somewhere else? You know, what we're not is a debt consolidation business. We're not there to pay off your taxes. We're not <laughs> there to pay the, the founder an increased salary. That's not what it's for. It's so that people can make that strategic investment in that one move that's going to really move the needle on their company. And some mm. people will want to take the investment and invest it in new equipment. We've got somebody else who's looking to make a very strategic hire. We've got somebody else who's looking to invest in a big marketing plan. We've got somebody else who needs to revamp her big e-commerce platform so that it's, it's actually doing its job because, you know, she piecemealed it. So it's those kinds of investments that we're looking at back. And then in creating a very equitable payback system, you know, working with each individual to create a monthly repayment. What we know about women is they take loans that are smaller than what we need. We know that they have a very high repayment rate and a very low default rate. We know this because microlending has been around in developing countries for over 20 years now and very successfully. So, you know, where are we at? We're still at the beginning stages. You know, I'm, I've got a couple of companies that are lined up where we're going to do our first round of investments, but it is, it is just at that point where I'm out pounding the pavement, looking for those first five people to come in as the founder circle so that we have that pool of capital to get it up and running. Oh my God. That sounds so amazing and so great. And I love how you've taken, you've basically seen this crazy, unavoidable, problem that's happening with your clients and being like, instead of just, you know, kind of being like, oh, well, I guess that someone else will go handle the financial part of making them successful. You're like, no, this is the barrier that keeps, I keep coming up against. So let me be the solve. Well, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, banks will give you a personal line of credit, but you've Mm -hmm. got to put a personal guarantee around it. But what they're not doing is investing in your business. And they are two very different entities. And it's, it's enough. Like it's 2022. We have to mm-hmm. stop asking women to do personal loans in order to fuel a business that's having impact on the economy and on society. And it's also time to stop asking women to go and find friends and family to invest in them. It's time. It's time. Let the banks put the money where their mouth is. And they're not. They're doing all the lip service, but not doing the work. So we'll do the work. We give you enough of the interest fees. Stagnant. <laughs> So I love, I mean, I'm just so, I'm so excited to see like how this all comes together, like one year from now, like who those businesses are, who the founders are. Like, I just see this skyrocketing in so many ways, but I would love it if you shared a little bit about like a little bit of the, cause I know you've got very, cause I've, when I've spoken to you, you were like, okay, Monique, this is the solve. These are the three elements you need to have in place to make that happen. So I would love if you shared a little bit, like, what are those, some of those key things that need to be put in place for someone to go from that solopreneur to that powerful CEO that mm-hmm. you take them through? There's like mm-hmm. these, I know you've got very distinct principles. Mm-hmm. So I call it the people, process, and profit triad. That's it. Yeah. So when we talk about people, we're talking about you as the leader of this company. And so often I see women wanting to be the company, but you're not the company, you're the face of the company and you're probably the brains behind the company, but other people can make the company run. 
And so when you can shift into that visionary and own the pieces of the puzzle that have to be you because you're it's who you are and you're the only one who can impact it and then start separating out all the other things, then we can start on the path to that shift. And then the next piece is, you know, the people who you you bring in. I have a, a huge thing that I always want to bring in the best in the world. What it means is you're probably going to be paying a little bit more, but you're paying for someone who gets proven results. And yeah, for sure, it's risky and you always have to hire before you're ready. But when you bring the right people in and the right person, and that person's going to help you recoup the investment in them very quickly. But when you try and piecemeal and go for the bargain basement pricing and you go for your friend's, you know, son who's got an Instagram account, therefore he can do social media. Those are the kinds of results that you're going to get. Yeah. And so when we're penny pinching and trying to save on, you know, save money by foregoing talent or, or knowledge or skill, it's going to cost you more in the long run. Every time. Yeah. And then we align it with the people who you know, really need your product. I see so many people that are selling to the wrong markets. Hmm. You know, like you, you can't put a family of five in a Ferrari. It's useless. So no matter how good the Ferrari <laughs> sales guy is, if you're a family of five, it's just not going to work. And so we've got to be selling to the right people. So that's a piece hmm. of it. You know, when it comes to process, without a doubt, lead generation is our most most important asset. We have to have new people coming into our community consistently. And there's so many people that are launching and running programs that like, I've got this amazing program, but nobody's buying it. But the people aren't buying it because they don't have enough new people coming in. To, and then they're not taking time to nurture and build their community so that they've got the trust, so that the community knows that they can solve a problem for them. And then we, you know, the third part of that is the the processes that run the whole company, the sales process, the marketing process, the finance call process, the operation process, the fulfillment process, the team process. Everything has a system and a process behind it, but we're so busy and focused on going out and doing what we do that we're not taking the time to build the back end. And then, you know, you, you put the pedal to the metal and you go, 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 but then you burn out because you didn't get a sustainable engine behind you. So, you know, this, the sales, the marketing and the systems that makes up the processes. And the third piece of it, you know, really comes down to profit. I see so many people celebrating. I hit this figure, you know, I made seven figures. I did this. But when you ask, you know, what was the cost of doing that? They either don't know or there's no profit left over. Mm-hmm. And I would literally rather you make a hundred thousand dollars and keep sixty thousand of it than make a million dollars and keep 60,000 of it. So that profit margin is massive. And when, you know, the other thing that we look at when it comes to to profit is the pricing. And when we underprice and we don't acknowledge or take into account how expensive it is to run a business, then you're going to shortchange yourself and you're not going to have the profit. And then you're not going to be able to invest in the things that you need to invest in. And so often it comes down to looking at the offer And making sure that it's priced properly so that we have budget for the taxes that we have to pay. We have Mm -hmm. budget to pay yourself. We have budget to pay a team. We have budget to invest in the marketing. We have budget to invest in the systems and the people that are behind the scenes. And when you underprice, you're not taking into account the cost of running those programs or products. It's expensive to run a business. If you're paying yourself more than 30% of every dollar that you bring in, then that's amazing. 
But it means what we want is to say, I want to make a hundred thousand this year. That means we need your company at 300 to 350 to 400 for the year in order to pay yourself that hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But people are like, I have, I want to make a hundred thousand this year. So that's their revenue goal. But they're going to be able to keep 30 to 40% of it. And then the other part is cash flow, just managing the money as it goes through your company. You know, I, I love the Mike McCallowitz profit first model mm-hmm, where you, you know, you put money into your profit account, you put money yeah. into your tax account, into your operations, into your salaries and into the rainy day fund. And we have to have those buffers. Otherwise, you know, you wake up at the, in the, every morning, you know, oh, I got to go to go make money today. And, you know, operating at that place of, survival is exhausting Indeed. and people can smell it from a mile away <laughs> they know when you're desperate they do <laughs> so if any everyone who's listening i hope you were taking notes go back and rewind because she literally just gives you the foundations on how to build your a successful business like it's all right there and if you're missing those very important pieces make sure that you you know we're going to tell we're going to link to everywhere you can find sheila but i definitely want you to reach out because That's one of the things that comes up often when I, because, you know, we hear, we talk a lot about personal brand and brand, but I I always have a business hat on first because pretty pictures don't put money in the bank. You know, there, there's this, and I, and I'd love your opinion just on where brand plays a role and visibility plays a role in this road to seven. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Everywhere. Tell me more more about that, Sheila. (laughs) I mean, you know, Monique, the work that you do, and I think it's one of the things that drew me to you right away is, is there's just something magnetic about what you put out. And Mm. when you're able to put that magnet out and attract the right people to you, that's when the magic happens. And there's so many times that I see people are like, well, marketing doesn't work. Social media is a waste of time. It's because they're literally repelling the people who need them through the content and the materials that they're putting out. And so does your brand matter? A hundred percent. You know, if you're piecemealing it and you're band-aiding this sucker, that's what it's going to come out as. And that's going to repel someone who's maybe a higher end client who wants to invest because they think you might be good, but then you show up and you're, you know, in your whatever lackluster thank you like it you can't attract you can't be a magnet when you're repelling people and so the Mm. branding is you really stepping into your power and being okay being seen and i think a lot of women have a hard time being seen yet it's one of the things that makes feminine energy thrive to be seen to be heard and to be understood and so when you can understand yourself and you can put out what makes you seen and what makes you heard and what makes you understood coming from a very authentic, transparent, right from the soul place. That's when the magic happens. And that's something that you have figured out beautifully. I think it's something that's a, a work in progress for me because I'm still doing the inner work to really figure out who am I? What am I all about? Now I can teach anything at any time. But to really show the the true Sheila, it it takes a lot. Takes a vulnerable so, place. It does. And, you know, that's a muscle that we have to just keep flexing mm-hmm. in order to build it up and be strong about it. And, you know, that. so how, how much visibility is everything. If you don't have lead generation, you're not going to have a business in three years. Boom. Mic drop. Hello. Oh, I just love that. Sheila, I could talk to you all day and we will offline. Likewise. (laughs) But I want to thank you so much for being here. I encourage everyone to go follow Sheila over on LinkedIn, on her podcast. I had the opportunity to be interviewed on her podcast. 
It was so such a juicy conversation. But Sheila, I would love it if you told everybody where is the best place to come and find you? Well, I think you've already said it. You know, Instagram and LinkedIn is where I play the most. My website's The Road to Seven. The podcast is called The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. And there's there's just me. It's just Sheila Cummins. You go S A G L A G H. That's that's, that's the branding though, right there. Easy to be found. So thank you so for all of your wisdom, your knowledge and giving so generously the way you do. And I can't wait to see and hear your TED talk when it comes out. Thank you. I'm sure it was fabulous. (laughs) We'll see. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at Monique Brian underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.